From the home offices of Ash and Flow, this is Unbillable Hours, a podcast about professional services marketing. Stick around to listen to our insights, tips, and best practices to improve your firm's marketing and even your career. by saying welcome to this new episode of the Unbillable Hours podcast, where it's yeah. just me for now, because Ash is a little bit delayed, might be joining us later. And Luke Smyers. Luke, welcome back. Three, three-time three returning champion at this point, I think. Yeah. Hi, Flo. <laughs> um, my best wishes a- for the new year. Yeah, thank you. To you too. I, third, third time, I think that entitles you in 2023 to the guest launch access card or something. I don't know what we have <laughs> to give people. <laughs> the gold, the gold yeah. card. <laughs> the, 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 the house champagne bar <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. I don't know. Look, for those who haven't heard from you in previous episodes of this podcast or haven't seen you around on LinkedIn, which I think they there's not many people left who haven't done that in our space. You are an expert in consultancy business development, among other things, and the founder of TheVisibleAuthority.com, which I think is your consulting business where you advise, well, consulting firms in all questions of business development. Is that a fair description? Yeah, yeah, correct. It, as I have explained in the past, and I'll keep it short, I had my own consultancy for about a decade. It got acquired by Deloitte and yeah, we scaled it. And then I exited and started again with this. And what I'm doing now, the business development of other consultancies is pretty much based on what we have or what I have been doing all those years in developing and scaling that business before and after the Deloitte acquisition. So all the experiences from those days are... um, yeah, uh, consolidated in what I'm doing. But of course, and that's, I guess, what we will be talking about. The world has changed pretty much after Corona. Yeah. And that has a pretty important, crucial impact on business development activities in consulting companies where I think a lot of the consultancies are still struggling quite a lot. But yeah, I'll hand yeah. over to you again. So, so you've lined that up perfectly. We invited you back because you have done it again and published your 10 consulting trends. I think also for the third time. Could that be right? I think you did it. Yeah, 20... It's the third time and I keep doing edition? it. Yeah, absolutely. Third third edition. And it's amazing the traction that it gets. So I never expected that to be such a, a traffic runner. Okay. Um, it brings me, I don't remember exactly, but around 2000 clicks a month, which is a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's amazing. I wouldn't have guessed that. I mean, it's an interesting piece of content. I'm not going to deny that, yeah. but I thought it was, it was a bit more, it's a bit more niche, right? It's As a bit more podcast. niche. Absolutely. And, um, okay. Yeah. And I would say if you are a consultancy and you're not on these kind of things already, then yeah. yeah. You need to go and read it. Yeah, I would definitely say this is true. There's a list for those of you who haven't seen it. I don't know. Again, yeah. I think you're, so it's you're not an academic study. Yeah. It's more 
based on my day-to-day -day experiences in the field work in I'm talking to about 200, 250 consulting leaders and consultancies in a year, more or less. Mm. And of course, I get a lot of reactions, comments, and so on, and questions yeah, on what I'm posting. And I'm posting every day on social media, especially LinkedIn. So there is a lot of, let's say, experience <clears throat> from what I'm seeing, reading, experiencing it. And again, it's mm. not an academic study. It's based on experiences. and Yeah, it's, maybe, which I think is why people like it so much, right? Yeah. It's very taken from the day-to-day yeah. and the synthesis of the stuff maybe yeah. all of us see in the in industry but it's a nice summary and a well well well, write, well done write-up i'd say I, I we put a link to it in the show notes so people can find it because you are giving no less than 10 trends which i feel i would probably blow up the <laughs> this podcast if we were to discuss everything in one episode and then there's also it's interesting i think for not just marketers but consulting leaders specifically because there's some more business related stuff in there right but there are also a couple of trends which specifically speak to marketing or could be yeah. highly relevant if you work on the marketing side in the marketing yeah. function of a firm and yeah, very clo to closely related to what you're doing yeah absolutely yeah so this is why we wanted to bring you back and so i'm trying to find the verbatim notes which you wanted to get into here. So I wanted to talk to you about the first trend you call out, which I know is a go-to phrase of yours, right? Business development and consulting is rooted in educating the target audience. We will get to that in a second. Next yeah. trend we thought was relevant for this podcast was your number two on the list. Consultancies embracing digital new client generation will grow faster. And then I wanted to talk to you about trend number seven, which is consulting leaders can no longer avoid actively participating in marketing. I have sent that <laughs> that specific trend to a bunch of people. Yeah, yeah. And, and you, you it was hopefully not perceived as a LinkedIn. scolding motion. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah because that's very close it. to my heart. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You want we, you want to go ahead with this one first or? Yeah, so I think, no, just taking a step back from those three, I, I read those yeah. and I just, I would ask you to respond to that. I read those as, or I saw these three trends in particular through through something Ash and I discussed quite a lot, which is we have this feeling that marketing in 2023, consultancy marketing will have to step up its game, if you will, and improve because, and this is what interested in your reaction, more firms are discovering, if you will, marketing as an effective way of business development or growing the firm. More of them are doing it digitally. It's, it is slow. It's slower than elsewhere, but it is increasing. And so the channels are filling up, right? LinkedIn is full of consultancies trying their hand at it. There's podcasts, slowly growing blogs have essentially exploded in the space. And this, but there's also this issue of quality, right? In that. So Ash and I, what we see, and this might be wrong, is there's much more noise, right? And so the question of how well are you executing and how helpful and insightful is the stuff you're putting out seems to be come much more critical. And I felt as if the trends you raised there, they seem to support that, right? I took that as a support of our bias. I don't know how you see it. Yeah, definitely. It's probably anecdotal, but it's like what I'm hearing on a regular basis. Last week, I was on a New Year's call with a consultancy and we had many discussions in the past about this and the marketing and getting better at marketing, getting better at business development, so on and so forth. And so 
proudly told me on the phone, we have hired somebody to do our social media. Mm. And the, it's on one hand, I have to say congratulations because you're now finally investing more They're in, investing, yeah. in marketing. So that's the good news. The bad news is that it's not the right, it's not the first step that I would recommend. Yeah. But I understand it's in those, let's say, below par marketing functions and thinking, it's probably the, the most visible thing being on social media. And then they hire most of the time a cheaper person, a junior, because they also believe a youngster, a Gen Z person understands social media. So let's go yeah. ahead with that. And then they kind of have the feeling, oh, we are on track now, but it's still below par. And it's really, as you were saying, marketing these days in a consult. And of course, it depends a little bit on the size of the consultancy. So the bigger ones are kind of okay, but still below par, in my opinion. But it's not a strategic approach towards marketing. So there, there are thousands of consultancies doing a little bit of social media yeah. and of course chat gpt and artificial intelligence will increase the people getting on this because it's now easy yeah, 100%. to produce yeah. a little text for linkedin so the noise Let's just make some content right yeah exactly so yeah. it's something but it's still far off of what i and I think what we both call growth marketing, really growing from a strategic standpoint, consultancy business is not getting on social media with a few things. And as I keep re repeating, it's not posting about the weekend with the team in the forest. It's about creating inspiring content that educates the target audience, that motivates them to get on their uh, problems and challenges and that activates them to do mm -hmm. something yeah? and, and drive growth of a consultancy. And so it's still... It's a bit disappointing in a way. If you look at it, they're getting better here and there, but it's still below par, unfortunately. Yeah, and, it's a, it's, and I 100% agree with the point of the noise or the subpar piece, because I see this a lot as well, that yes, they make the decision to invest, uh, which is in marketing speak, right? So they open up the channel and now we have a yeah. LinkedIn presence. And then there's, I'm exaggerating a bit to make the point. They just dump yeah, yeah. in whatever. Let's just yeah. post something twice a week. Well, few yeah. of them do twice a week, but anyway. So, and then, and this goes to your point with the GPT-3 thing. What I'm seeing is people approach me and ask, oh, we've been doing this for six months, three months, whatever. It's not doing anything for us. Yeah. So how can we reduce the cost of it? That, yeah. that always amazes me. They're not asking, could we... Like it's clearly working for others. You mentioned it's clearly work. I know it's working, for example, in your case, they have other clients where it's clearly working to drum up business. So it's not working then. But instead of asking, how could we make it work for us? They ask, okay, we want to keep it up, but can we take the cost out? And this is, goes to your point with chat GPT. I fully expect that to ramp up and people sort of creating even more, even cheaper content sort of creating a downward spiral, right? That I could see that happening. Yeah. Amazing to me. But anyways, yeah. so, so, but maybe stick a little bit with digital marketing because we mentioned social media here primarily, but what would you say is the industry because you call out um, digital 
uh, demand creation or, or digital business development. What's Can you elaborate on that a little bit? Because you say yeah. firms that do that well will grow faster. So what's going on? Yeah, yeah. so there is more and more research now confirming that. And I think you have seen some of that research yeah. uh, yourself. So there is like Hinge in the US doing research with yeah. uh, source. <laughs> and there's a lot of thought leadership organizations doing that kind of research. And so they're all coming to the conclusion that digital first consultancies are growing faster because they can capture more leads and they get into, let's say, customer or client or prospect growth easier, faster uh, compared to the ones are still on, let's call it relationship first consultancy. And I'm not saying that relationships are not important. They are very important. I have always been a relationship guy, but combining it with, a, or let's say putting digital first as a growth strategy is more important than ever before. And given the noise that we've talked about, you have no chance anymore to not focus on the digital channels and digital strategy to grow a consultancy and to do business development in mm -hmm. a scalable way. And it's actually easy to understand. We all do our research if we are faced with something or if we need to do something and we don't know exactly how and what and why, then we do our research. And that is what has changed more than ever before buyers and there is also a, a lot of research buyers do their research independently they check out the network they check out the stuff that is available so they do their homework and if you as a consultancy if you're not included in the homework then you won't of course grow your business and that's yeah. it has become a very competitive play which also and we Again, we won't go into all the details, but it's mm. it requires also stepping back as a consultancy because you need to have the discipline to position yourself in the right way to to have a very well designed service offering to work on an, in an outcome driven way to have a whole series of referenceable clients that fit into that uh, digital uh, yeah. um, thought leadership development. So it requires much more collaboration also between business development, between marketing and the business people. And that is a big challenge. It's a bottleneck. And so those who can get their act together and let's say connect the dots, then that, as we've seen in those documents, they are growing between 10, 15, 20% faster compared to their non-digital first competitors. Yeah. And I just wanted to reiterate what you said there because I like this a lot. It's I think it's an often overlooked point. You mentioned offerings, right? And you mentioned the positioning. I think it's important for the firms to understand that this way of digital first buying, if you want to call that, yeah. that has implications for your entire go-to market. It's Absolutely. because you no longer get to have the bar site chat after the golf tournament, right? To exaggerate a little bit, to mm -hmm. sort of introduce yourself and then maybe get an idea what you could offer. Something. Like all this, how do you call this approach? To it, right? It's not as malleable anymore. So you need to have a clear positioning. You need to have a compelling offering. You have to have a clear path to buying it because it'll never be like e-commerce, but the initial mm -hmm. stages are getting a bit similar to how people behave when shopping for something to buy online. And you have firms will have to adapt to that. 
but there are advantages too right like you could actually track everything so the the good thing for marketers i would believe is that given the fact that now you can track your sales and everything the same pipeline you can close the funnels between the leads as well right yeah I mean that's on the that's on the back end and the the we had uh, you probably know the company right human.ai we had the CEO on yeah. here there are com- my point being there are components on the back and on the operations side right when we talk about digital business development does the operations behind it where there's a lot of possibilities now and lots of the firms I interact with they just got started on implementing a CRM, right? So the, <laughs> I see a lot of low maturity in that area still, which probably yeah. also explains the difference, right, in, in growth rates and in profitability. Yeah, absolutely. And so the thing is that, of course, if you are a consultant and you're, you're sitting in front of a client and the client says or asks, can you do this for us? And you keep saying yes to almost everything, of course, to protect revenue. And I understand that. I've been there myself many times. But if you keep saying yes and you keep like eroding the service offering design that was designed to fit into marketing campaigns and a marketing strategy and a positioning strategy, then of course you are constantly eroding the effectiveness and the efficiency of all those marketing activities and you are completely kind of surrendering yeah to to all these client requests and you're becoming like the jack of all trades and th- that just doesn't work anymore so yeah. when you sit there and you say yes to almost everything to protect your revenue then you are working against the digital first strategy in consulting I like that. Honestly, we have, I have, you just made me think about how that's, it's been, I should rephrase. It's been pretty clear to me that's the case, but there's not, we've not discussed it that explicitly, Ash, I think, on the podcast. And so that's an interesting point. Yes. Just what you said there, Luke, the digital first approach to go to market marketing, business development, whatever, has implications beyond, oh, we need a website, we need some CRM, and we need Absolutely. to think about SEO. Yeah, right? yeah. It is, it's much more profound than that. Yeah. Yeah. It, by the it, way, and it requires this collaboration between marketing, business development, and the consulting. And that is a collaboration that didn't really exist and doesn't exist in most of the consultancies in the past. And that is a very new terrain. It's a very new skill to build that collaboration. And of course, consultancies, they didn't really value the support that marketing gave because marketing wasn't really hired to do that kind of growth marketing jobs. So they were doing like the events or the brand protection or the advertising, that kind of stuff. But growth marketing, starting from the positioning and going into whatever service offering design and so on and so forth, that's a very different game. And that collaboration is a new bottleneck, is a challenge if you would like to become a digital first marketing consultancy. Yeah, but I just want to say, by the way, Ash has joined us. You've, you've heard yeah. him, right? Welcome, Ash. He got, he got delayed a little bit. Peek yeah. behind the podcast curtain. So, so we're all together here now. That's nice. Well, I mean, Luke, we've talked about the digital first approach and its implications. I think the 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 one that ties everything together we've talked about so far, and the one that's biggest, and I mentioned it initially, is your yeah, your staple saying or one of the phrases I always hear you repeat is the the. 
it's all rooted in educating the market, right? So the digital marketing needs that, right? It's the main mechanism for your digital marketing, but it's also the main mechanism for business development of all sorts in this digital first paradigm. Is that a fair description or do you want to just elaborate on why you think, why you listed it as a trend again for 2023, maybe? Yeah. And I also combine it with one of the other trends is because a lot of those trends are kind of interconnected. Yeah, sure. Um, And if you'd like to be successful in consulting, then you will probably have to cover all 10 and they are all interlinked. So maybe you end up with two or three because they are so interlinked, but the education of your target audience that all starts with who are we, what are we doing, what problems are we solving, and how are we doing that, and how are we taking the prospects with us, and how do we rally them behind the problem resolution possibilities and the opportunities, and as I always say, the promised land. So how can they get to their future state of problem resolved? That, of course, goes through educating them how that is possible. So and the issue, and that is the other trend that I have described, is that consultants and consulting leaders, I need to say, didn't really see that activity and that education as one of their core responsibilities. So they dropped that in the marketing box and marketing was then doing some generic stuff. But that's, of course, from a consulting leadership standpoint, a very short-sighted thinking Because educating the target audience and driving awareness and exposure to the consultancy, that is the role of the leader. And most of them don't like that at all. And the role of marketing is to scale that exposure. You you talk a lot about marketing is, in fact, scaling awareness for the expertise of the consultancy. And therefore this collaboration between the two is extremely important and education is not done by the marketing department education is done by the business leader and of course marketing is there to help to develop to find the necessary distribution so to scale yeah the exposure to the expertise of a consultancy and uh, yeah, th- thanks for that point, because I think that's literally the job is to use a phrase that sounds a little bit, you know, undergrad communication studies. But I think the job of the marketing function is to mediate the expertise delivery through mass media, right? You, the best consultancy marketing does whatever it is you as the expert do in one-on-one business development situations, right? You share helpful tips. You give me an insight about my business. I didn't know you sort of, you, you lead with value to build trust, all these things. Marketing does the same. It just does it on a stage for the world to see because it leverages the media vehicle, right? And that could be social media, that could be, I don't know, direct mail, whatever, but that's yeah. a huge part of the game in my view. And I think that's a nice segue to, the, that's also the reason for the last trend, which I wanted to spend some time on before we have to mm-hmm. let you go. You explicitly said that the consulting leaders can no longer avoid marketing. So what you just outlined there that they haven't seen it, you predict it. 2023 is the year where they can no longer get around it and they have to get into the fray, so to, so to speak, right? And help. Yeah. Well, absolutely. marketing, but also help the business development of the whole firm overall, right? By bringing their expertise and sharing it. Yeah. So what I'm still seeing a lot is that these 
I have to be careful what I'm saying here, but a lot of the consulting leaders are still old school with regards to being involved in the digital development of the consultancy. And so they, they still have the old school mindset of refusing to share their expertise. So and hence why they talk about services and they put a lot of services on the website and that's about it, but they don't go deep enough. And of course that, then the result is that they don't connect with prospects. And because their belief, and I've been in those discussions many times, the belief of those old school consulting leaders is that if they share their know-how, competitors will steal that know-how and clients won't connect anymore because they already know the know-how because they have been reading about it. And so it's, and a new school consultancy, and I've recently written a case study, it's on my blog, of an, such a new school consultancy, a mid-sized consultancy who really believes in the power of sharing and educating and considers it strategic to share their expertise. Yeah. And that is the big difference. And as we already discussed, that requires a new way of working. It requires discipline in the way it's done. And of course, consultants always, and they, sh they shout at me, yes, look, but, and they keep telling me the story of client work first, and, but they are fooling themselves in the long run because they have the responsibility to drive awareness and exposure to the consultancies as a leader. And it's not marketing who will do that if at all there is a growth marketing function. Yeah. yeah. And that, that is, sorry, go sorry. ahead. No, I was just saying, it, I mean, to use a metaphor based upon what you're saying, it's like marketing provides the megaphone for the, is to actually share their voice publicly. Yeah. And the issue that the old school consultants face is the same thing when new technology comes in. Like for instance, you were talking about, you know, chat GPD and AI. It, they feel like if they talk what's existing everyone would know the stuff and they won't come to anything all they need to do is like focus on their value proposition from what i'm listening to you and rather than say the same generic message that like a hundred different consultancies say that they're going to do digital transformation tell them what specifically they'll help to solve and how more importantly how they are uniquely placed to help solve this which is nothing to do with the exact you know solution but focuses more on why this would be a comfortable relationship where they can put their trust in. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And the point with the specificity, I think is exactly right, which is, I love this. I love the trend seven look, and I really hope you're right. And it comes through because that's what's so often missing in the programs we're building is that last level of specificity to really drive it home. And I can give you guys an, a real life example. I've been working on never prior to the Christmas break, but I was, uh, for some client work, Im immersing myself in the space of digital transformation in insurance, right? Commercial insurers, digital transforming them, digital transforming their operations. This space is full of consulting firm content that essentially says AI increases efficiency and it drives down costs and it helps you grow. And I'm not kidding you. That's essentially the level of specificity it gets to. I can even find case studies from fairly reputable firms 
that don't have much more detail. They have many more words for sure, but there's not much more detail than that. And yes, I get it. Insurance is a space where, you know, people don't share numbers freely and so But if you can't give me some examples of, you know, what specifically does it mean? Where, you know, efficiency increase, what metrics would that drive? Or what can you typically expect? If you can't talk about the challenges during an app, during the implementation of one of those solutions, right? I'm not going to go into too much detail, but there's so, so much of the stuff I had to read, I'll phrase it that way, was so high level. And yeah, that, so tying it back to the start of our conversation, I can have GPT-3 crank out these types of things. I don't know, a mile a minute, right? It's not difficult to do those. It's probably much more difficult to, you mentioned a case study, Luke, to have an insightful case study, even if it's a fairly anonymized and abstracted one, that really walks me through the benefits of, I don't know, right? Implementing an underwriting, data, data analytics solution in under, an underwriting or whatever, right? It's, it was wild. It really it frustrated me a little bit, but you can probably hear just how... Yeah just how bad it was. And yeah. yes, of course, there are firms who do it much better. And I can call out, I don't know if you Google this stuff, but McKinsey has great things out there. For example, the other, the big four have stuff that has numbers in it. Yeah, cool. But there's so many more firms in this space, niche players and so forth. And their stuff is just not like, how can you stand the chance to compete against the big guys if you can't add anything? And the only way you can do that, I fully agree with you, Lucas, you have to bring in the people who do this every day because they have that knowledge. They would have those numbers. They would have those insights that really differentiate the content, the marketing program and so forth and make this worth yeah. reading, which a lot of the stuff I had to read through was not. I'll never get that time back in my life. I'll send you the link of the article that I've written. It is a case study of a mid-sized consultancy where... The consulting leader, so the owner and the founder also of the consultancy, spends, it's his morning, early morning habit, writes down his experience from the past days or the past weeks, <clears throat> but he does that every day. And he doesn't share that every day, but then he kind of consolidates. And so he shares multiple times a week something. And he, his clients and his prospects, they, they just admire him for doing that. They really get brand new insights in his experiences and what he's doing. And his consultancy is extremely expensive. In fact, if you look at a little bit behind the scenes, it's probably doing sort of what several other consultancies are doing. But the big difference is that he goes into the trenches of how to make that particular activity successful, how you can adopt what issues you will be confronted with, how you rally the organization behind it, and so on and so forth. And so, yeah, it's such a success. If you look at, I was able to look at his PL, so his profit is incredible compared to the regular mundane gray consultancy doing all sort of stuff is and not really going into all the details educational details it's a big big difference yeah well yeah. i'd love to read that maybe i have honestly yeah. it could be yeah. <laughs> but, um, but we'll put it in the show notes for all the others yeah one more thing i just want to add based upon what you guys are saying is to move away from fear-based marketing which is essentially how people still sell things sometimes 
by fear-based you mean you know if you don't do this you'll go out of business yeah well there's one element of that and secondly marketing because you're afraid of what you know you're afraid of what the new tech or new methods should be so basically doubling down on the existing thing without applying anything new it's, oh, yeah. it's a do it's a dual thing with fear-based marketing uh, the fear of course is always there and it's also revenue driven because a lot of these consulting leaders are under pressure especially these days and everybody somehow concerns apparently sales cycles take longer and so on and so forth so the saying yes to opportunities not fitting into the consultancy's positioning is an is a quick and easy solution to build new revenue revenue sorry but at the same time, it's really putting the consultancy from a digital marketing point of view into trouble. And on top, they're spreading internal resources way too thin because everybody's jumping around on all sorts of stuff. The things that they said yes to are maybe one-offs. So it lacks market validation. There is no market fit of that particular service. And in the end, it decreases profit, which was in fact, not really the objective of saying yes. Uh, so it, it yeah. has a big impact and it's a new way of working and it's not easy. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's not easy. That's about it. It's probably not a good, I, I should maybe end with, it's easy to do. Go ahead, guys, jump yeah. on it. You'll be there in six months, but it's not, of course, it, it no. requires expertise, <laughs> discipline, focus, everything yeah. and we all know let's be honest i mean we've been on this earth long enough to know most things which are worth anything are not easy right it's not being no. easy is the indicator that you should be doing that and putting in the work will be worth it so look i know you've got to run because you have something scheduled for within 10 minutes i think so yeah. thank you so much for stopping by we'll make sure to put the trends in the show notes now that we've walked people to some of them i highly recommend everybody read all 10 mm -hmm. of them is is there anything else you want to drop here or point people to before we say goodbye i think we pretty much covered everything yeah no no yeah i think i, I think that's it yeah. <laughs> all right so do check out the show notes do find luke on linkedin which is probably the most convenient way to get his thinking which you also do almost daily i think i see you posting from, <laughs> from where yeah I, I post seven days a week sometimes oh, okay. i have to skip a day but now that we can also schedule in LinkedIn with a new feature since yeah. a few weeks, I can also prepare the night before. So it's, yeah, it became a little more easy for me because I want to do native posting on LinkedIn, not scheduling through my, for instance, HubSpot, because that's possible. And I used to do that, but yeah. Uh, I yeah want it seems to... to get punished by the algorithm. Yeah, you think? it is. Yeah. Uh, I don't I know if no it's still the case, it, but... but yeah, I'm posting natively yeah. as they're saying, and now scheduling within linkedin but i share as i just explained stuff from the trenches every day yeah. see that's a little tactical tip for you guys at the end so thanks yes. luke ash thanks for making it even though it was difficult for you today and i think i'll stop the recording here i can yeah um, bye it's a wrap for today cheers guys bye-bye Thanks for listening to Unbillable Hours. If you want more, tune in next week. You know where to find us.